Blog Talk Radio. Today, if you are in the Palmer, Alaska area, you can catch the NSA show. That's getting started very soon. So if you are near Palmer, Alaska, go up there and watch some great pro wrestling. Our very own Pacific Northwest pro wrestler, J.D. Mason, on the card today. J.D. returning to Alaska today. Now, we are still waiting for our guest to arrive. He'll be with us shortly. He was uh, returning from the road. We'll be calling in in just a little bit. But while we wait, QT, do you have a book you could read a paragraph from, perhaps? Hmm. Let's see. QT, are you with us? Uh, Yes. Oh, there you are. Uh, do you have a book you could read a paragraph from while we wait for the guest for today? Yes, I have The Masked Saint, uh, the book by Chris Whaley, uh, and you will be able to pick the page at random that I will read from. This is the first time it's ever happened on the Turnbuckle Turmoil Show, a random page. But uh, before I do, can you give us uh, uh, where J.D. Mason, what city he'll be wrestling in? Is it Palmer, Alaska? Yes. They are in Palmer today at the train depot. Oh, okay. You've been there before, I think, right? I have not been to Palmer, Alaska, but I have been to Alaska to wrestle. So um, not the exact town, but I can confirm. I got official confirmation of this. My picture is still in the ring truck that they use to this very day. What is the ring truck? What is that? That's the truck they used to haul the ring. Oh, Hence okay. the name. The ring truck. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Well, Stein, before I do get into the mass saint, I was looking at, at a video called Arthur MacArthur versus Apollo Star, and I was um, – my attention was immediately drawn to the interior venue of the where they were wrestling, and they had a wooden staircase. Now, as you know, a month ago, we had one of our interviewees wrestling in a Texas police station that had a wooden staircase. And I made a comment that on the staircase was a mailbox with the flag down. And I, I made a comment that if the flag was up, if our interviewee would say uh, if he always delivered the mail or something like that, if the flag was up on this wooden staircase. Well, uh, I looked very closely at the staircase in the match with Arthur MacArthur versus Apollo Star, and I wasn't able to see if there was a mailbox with the flag down or up but it looked like it. this might have been maybe a um, fireman venue where they parked their trucks. At one point in the match, Arthur MacArthur and Apollo Starr were wrestling in, in what appeared to be maybe uh, some food cabinets, food and um, various kitchen appliances. 
It was like a tropical uh, storage area. Did you yourself Possibly, remember? But I got good news for you, QT. We are now being joined by our guest today, and I want to welcome him on for the first time to Turnbuckle Turmoil. Arthur MacArthur, thank you very much for joining us today. Hey there. Good to, good to be here, guys. <laughs> well, since it is your first time with us, I will start you out with our traditional first-timer question today. What oh, got you into the business of professional wrestling? Uh, well, you know, I've been a fan for as long as I can remember, and, you know, I'd always uh, had dreamt about, you know, maybe one day I could be that kind of guy, you know, be be the hero that I needed when I was younger, when I was watching. And obviously, you know, I saw the AIW had a school, you know, through a mutual friend who posted on Facebook, and I thought, hey, that there's my chance. This is uh, this is it, and it was the best decision I could have ever made. Now, before you entered pro wrestling, did you have a background that was going to prepare you for wrestling training, be it athletics or drama or weightlifting, anything of that nature? Well, I've always uh, lifted weights and stuff. Um, before I got into, our, into the wrestling, I was a uh, I was active duty army for about four years, did all that. I was pretty physically in shape for all I can remember. Uh, I did amateur wrestling in high school, played football. So I was, I've been pretty physically active for most of my life, I'd say. Um, yeah. Um, it, and all that cardio and discipline really helped me out when I first started off training. Um, jumping ahead into your active professional wrestling career so far, I know you're not too far into it, but the main thing I would have to ask you for your active career, why do you hate referee J.B. Stewart so much? Uh, good old J.B. I don't know, man. It seems like every time I'm in a match with him, he, he always misses uh, me getting low blowed, eye poked, and it costs me matches, you know? And... It, yeah, like uh, that that post you're referring to, uh, that happened as I was uh, wrestling at Wrestling Theology uh, versus Scotty Young. I was uh, coming up and I got uh, poked in the eye, and good old GB was distracted, and he was distracted the following from the previous show as well. And it's like, come on, man, help me out a little bit. Well, I don't know if he can officially help you out being an official because. That would imply uh, being partisan towards one person or another. I'm, I'm sure he's not trying to miss any of the action. He's a well-trained official. He sure loves to get distracted. It happens with young people. Oh, for sure. Now, being that uh, you have gotten the kind of wrath against J.B. Stewart. Obviously, he is second generation in the wrestling business. Did you consider having to come across his father, Damian Cole, at some point for any type of retribution should his father decide that it's necessary? Oh, good old Damian Cole. You know, that hasn't really come up. Uh, He hasn't been there at the Last couple of shows I've been at, he's been kind of busy. But I mean, hey, if he ever wants to uh, stand up for his son, you know, I'm only one message away. I'll let's make it happen. All right. Well, he's a wily veteran, and I know that he's poked an eye or two in his days, so you might want to be careful of him. Yeah, I'll make sure make sure I have an official that uh, has eyes in the back of his head or something. <laughs> that might be. Prudent, although a little bit strange, but no, I cannot confirm or deny a promoter would put a man's son in a match with him, so I don't think you would have to necessarily deal with a father-son tandem in that match because that would be a little awkward if a man had to referee his own father, I would think. Uh, yeah, there might be some bias there. You never you never know. It's like with real sports, you you might have someone who's a fan of a team, but he's ref- he's officiating for that same team. So it's, there's, always that, there's always that risk. But, yeah, I hear what you're saying. 
Well, I know that very, very recently, as in this week, you have brought out a new set of wrestling gear, of which you are very proud. New gear is sort of a very trendy thing right now, as more and more shows are reopening and things are getting a little bit closer to normal. You see a lot of wrestlers wanting to come out with brand new gear and get kind of a fresh look going. What was the kind of idea behind your new set of gear, and where do they rank on your list of all-time favorite gear that you've owned? Okay. Um, well, I got this inspiration. Um, I, I, you know, obviously I do my research on you know, Circus Strongman and all this from back in the heyday. And, you know, before I had just worn the, the one-strap sheet of prints or, or recently the Snow Leopard, added some fur in there and and those are cool i like those a lot uh this one this one was a little different because this one instead of a one strap well it still has the one strap inspiration but like it's it's more it's an actual like just a regular two strap above the uh chest deal and they, but there's still like the outline of the one strap but like on the shirt portion that's not considered the singlet there's like metals on it and I saw that that someone else was wearing. I'm like, you know, this might be a fresh new look on the character. Yeah, I really, really love how it came out. It really does have that vintage vibe to it. Um, I'd say as far as all the gears I've had, this might be number one. But we'll, we'll see as time goes. That is high praise, of course, if it is your favorite set of all time. Now, when you go to get a new set of gear, how much do you plan out as far as usability of the gear? Uh, When you're designing something, do you take into account having to move in the gear and uh, how it would look if uh, things are televised and things of that nature, or are you simply thinking of, hey, this might look good in front of the people, I think I'll go with that? Uh, well, it's a little bit of both, I guess, you know, because, uh, like, I've seen, like, some people, they'll get gear, it's, like, very detailed, there's, like, a bunch of hanging pieces, you know, I've seen some people with, like, the aprons on them, and I'm just thinking, I, what if that gets snagged, and this and that, I, I'm not really, you know, about that, but it's each their own, of course, uh, but, you know, with, with gear, like, obviously, like, for the fans, I think it'll look cool, you, you got to you know, stand apart from the rest, you know, you got to make your gear look different, you know, a lot of people wear, you know, the trunks, basic colored trunks, or the or the long pants, and that works for most people, but it's like, you want to, I was always taught to, you know, make them remember you, be, stand out, and I think with all the gear I've had, and the one recently, from my favorite, of course, Lori Gassy from No Gimmick Gear, um, it really, it really stands out, and that, that's why I, I you know, New gear, investing in it is, is just so important. So, yeah, you know, obviously getting gear that helps you, you know, with your character and to look good for everybody, it's it's like it's top ten for sure. A lot of older wrestlers, uh, when I say older, I mean people that have been in the business for a long time, not necessarily chronological age, they tend to think of uh, – the collar of their gear and they want to have various collars so they don't wear the exact same collar as their opponent and things of that nature. Do you, at this stage in your career, give thought to collar choices in the gear or do you have specific collars in mind when you have the gear made just because those are the collars you like? Um, well, now that I have multiple sets of gears and I'm starting to think like that before, I didn't really mind it too much, but, but I will say there was a time, uh, I wrestled, you, you probably heard of her, Thunder Kitty, and she wears, uh, the singlet that's cheetah print, and at the time, I only had cheetah print, so I'm like, hmm, I really can't be wearing this while she's at this show, you know, just to separate myself, so I had a, one of my first pairs of gear that wasn't really a custom thing, I just found it, it was like a red and white striped singlet, which is paying homage to that era as well. And so I had worn that. But like 
And then when I had an actual match with her, uh, I, luckily I had my new gear where it was Snow Leopard and not Cheetah. So while I was able to separate, uh, as far as my new gear, I'm, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like red and black as well. So let's say I'm wrestling someone with a very detailed red and black. I would revert back to one of my older pieces. Right now in my in my um, in my luggage, I carry three sets of gear. You know, you never know, you know, especially if. Let's say you wrestle multiple times in a day. You know you don't want to wrestle in that sweaty, hot piece of gear. You know you want to feel fresh for every time. So, yeah, I, I would say that I'm more considering of other my opponents now, just to separate myself. You mentioned Thunder Kitty and Thunder Kitty recently having her 100th birthday. Uh, she's nice. been around the Midwest for. Probably eight-ish years at this point. Uh, she's very well known out there. You and she seem to have kind of a similar mindset when it comes to presenting yourself for professional wrestling. How much have you worked directly with Thunder Kitty on shows, and how much has she helped you, not necessarily in front of the fans, but behind the scenes with what you're doing? Um, so, uh, I have, I've only officially had one match with her. Uh, I had it at Flop House. I believe it was a weekend at Schwartz's. Yeah, we had a little match. It was just going to happen at some point, both similar gimmicks and characters. Um, as far as her helping me out, we don't really have, like, a close professional relationship per se like we're obviously friendly we'll say hi and talk for a second but we're not like we don't have like a mentorship or real partnership per se i would say i get most of my you know help from my home base of aiw and and whatnot but you know obviously with her i had some inspiration you know i see how she's keeping it vintage you know uh i've been trying to uh not necessarily copy her work ethic and her wrestling or anything, but I'll try and keep it old school and basic as much as I can, you know, depending where I go. You know, some places want the old school wrestling if you can, but others you gotta, you know, step up the game a little bit, but like say AIW. But yeah, that's where it is right now. Um, there at one point was a promotion. I'm not one hundred percent sure that they're still active or not at this point, but it was a promotion called uh, Old Wrestling, and all uh, of the wrestlers in it uh, came to the ring with gimmicks from the early 20th century. Uh, you had uh, people coming to the ring in uh, like old airplane pilot jackets and aviator goggles like they were the Wright Brothers. Uh, you had the bearded lady from the old circus freak days. You had all kinds of gimmicks like that. Were uh-huh. you aware of uh, and or part of old wrestling at any point? So I, I was aware. I remember when I first started off, everyone's like, oh, uh, Marion Fontaine, you should definitely bring this guy in sometime. And this, that. At the time, I was very inexperienced, and I don't know if that would have been the right move. Um, but yeah, you know, I actually had been to a show before of, they had done a ring rental from AIW and I was helping out with that and I was festive. I dro- I dressed up, you know, why not? They were considering using me, but they ended up not, which is, is what it is. Um, as far as the future goes, you know, obviously Marion knows who I am. Um, old wrestling, I assume will come back once things are even more open with COVID, you know, COVID really put a hamper on their business like everyone else. Um, it's I I really like the presentation. It's something different. Um, really gives that vintage vibe. Um, yeah, you know I. And it'd be funny because you see some of these guys just like, hey, Ricky Shane Page as Judge. Uh, I forget his name. Or this guy as this guy. It would just be me as himself, essentially, if I were to ever go to old wrestling. But yeah, definitely, definitely something worth checking out if you haven't already. Agreed. Very entertaining, and fans that have IWTV can find it in the search engine there. They do have shows available for your streaming pleasure. Yes. Now, in a younger wrestler's career, 
one of the things they tend to do a lot in the first few years is the battle royal. Uh, if there's not a spot for a one-on-one -on -one match for a younger wrestler, they usually get put in the battle royal so they can get experience being in front of a crowd without having the pressure of a one-on-one -on -one match uh, necessarily. Uh, battle Royal, very, very popular with fans generally. Uh, a lot of fans enjoy seeing those on shows. What's your own personal opinion when it comes to Battle Royal matches? Uh, well, that's funny because, you know, Battle Royal, like you said, it is kind of like when you first start off, you, you are mostly in multi-man matches like scrambles, rumbles, battle royals, etc. And, you know, some people are just really not about doing battle royals, you know, down the line, which makes a lot of sense. You know, that's – but, you know, it's better than nothing. You know, if you want to go out there, it's, you consider it almost like a tryout, per se. Like, I've done a few battle royals for shows. Like, a big example here, I did uh, about – my first ever appearance for Flophouse – was at their first show was their quote unquote brother brother rumble. I wasn't considered for the show, none of this whatsoever. I was a last minute addition because I had just reached out. I just wanted some sort of opportunity to network, get out there, and put me on this rumble. So I figured, hey, this is my time to show off my character and show what I can do. And lo and behold, I go out there, I, I do all my shtick, I'm really getting the crowd behind me. You know, it's not like your typical structured match, of course, so you got to really just put yourself out there. And I, I can honestly say that from that, and Schwartz, Schwartz will tell you himself, after what I had done there and, you know, just being a part of the crew, it he brought me back. And I was just, I've, ever since then, I've been a major game player for Flophouse, like kind of on their main roster. So it's, you know, the young guys who are just really upset about ba Battle Royals, I understand you'd rather have a real match. Believe me, I did too. But sometimes you just got to lick your chops and understand this is this is kind of paying your dues, getting your time, you know, just being grateful that you even get to get a spot for this. And you just got to go out there and, and showcase yourself, work a crowd, and, and be the best you can. Now, obviously, it's a little tough in that Rumble Royal setting with all the guys in the ring, but you just got to find a way. But – yeah, man, as far as Battle Royals go, definitely a good way to introduce yourself if you if you haven't already. One of the other matches that is very trendy in wrestling right now is the death match. Uh, it goes back 25 years or more right now. Uh, there's death match tournaments. There's entire promotions based around death matches, yep. some promotions only do maybe a couple of death matches per year, but the controversy has always been there just because of the nature of the type of match it is with the violence and the potential for injuries and so forth. What's your own stance when it comes to death match wrestling? So, okay. So, using a classic example here from the, the great uh, Tom Pritchard, you know, wrestling it's like flavors, you know. Some people like chocolate ice cream. Some people like vanilla ice cream. You know, say comedy wrestling, technical wrestling, deathmatch, et cetera, et cetera. And as far as deathmatch wrestling goes, I'm not a big fan. Like, as far as, like, going to watch a show, I'm not – I'm going to tell you right now, I will probably never do a deathmatch, not because I don't respect it or whatever, but it's just it doesn't fit me, and I just don't think that I can – I just don't think I'd add anything to the genre, but – you know, I respect the hell of the guys who do death matches. Um, it's a great art if done right. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys killing it right now, like John Wayne Murdoch, for example, Nick Gage, uh, Breed Bentley. You know, as of recently, Noel Edwards is starting to get on the death match scene. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's a real – it's you know, it is polarizing for some people because people are scared of them getting hurt. But these guys – they know what they're doing, you know. They're they know how to do it. They're very professional. Um, don't I don't see too many injuries as of late, you know. Uh, last one I can really think of was maybe G Raver cutting his arm on that piece of glass, but that was you know these things happen, you know. You can get hurt in a regular match. You can get hurt in a battle royal, if anything. You know, it's it's that risk we all take. But 
yeah, death matches, it's not for me, but I appreciate it, you know? It's 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 that flavor that some people desire. As someone that has been hurt in a battle royal, I can confirm that it is indeed possible. Yeah. Now, at this point in time, we have a game that we like to play on this show. We call it Word Association. I'll throw out the names of some people that you likely have come across so far in your career, and the first word or two that pops to your mind is the answer. Are you prepared to do some word association? Sure, as long as I don't have to bury anybody. (laughs) No, I got you. You absolutely do not. Yeah. All right, first word, Aaron Atlas. Um, electric. Mo Atlas. This generation's Dusty Rhodes. Billy Starks. The future. Randy West. Um, longtime vet. Matt Brannigan. Uh Handsome. Apollo Star. Um, the best. Jordan Die. Uh, we'll say we'll say uh, grizzled. <laughs> the final name, Thunder Kitty. Old school. We'll keep it at that. <laughs> Now, speaking of Apollo Star, anyone that has ever been around him for any length of time knows that he is very, very famous for one piece of advice that he gives most people he encounters, that being, don't be sucking. How many times so far in your career have you heard that from Apollo Star, and have you applied it? Um, he didn't tell me that directly, but that's like, yeah, I I hear him say that all the time. You know, don't be sucking. (laughs) You know, it's very cut and dry, you know, be, be the best you can any match you are, you know, that's really ain't much to it is, is, you know, just be the best you can be, you know, don't, don't half-ass a match, you know, you never know who's watching. Usually it is him because he's got eyes on all these matches, and he's taking mental notes. Now, you mentioned earlier in the show that you've always been into weightlifting, and you've basically incorporated weightlifting into what you do in your pro wrestling presentation. How much of a weightlifting connoisseur do you consider yourself to be? Do you delve into it as sort of a competitive sport? Do you look at the history of the sport, or do you just use it as a means to maintain physical conditioning? Um, it's, it's an interesting one there. So, obviously, I am a regular weightlifter. I, I don't consider it competitive. I, I'll be real, guys. You know, I present myself as the strongest man in all the land, but the real man behind Arthur MacArthur, no, it's never going to happen, man. Um, but, you know, I obviously, I consider it like a small-time hobby, you know, besides wrestling, you know, just, you know, training, getting, you know, you know, physically prepared for these matches, being able to lift people, whatnot, you know, always trying to push myself to get to the next level as far as strength goes. Uh, I really do like the fitness culture for the most part, you know. You know, if you look at my YouTube history, you'll see me watching videos from guys like Greg Ustedd or Brian Shaw. You know, it's always um, fun to watch. You know, I, obviously, I live about two hours from Columbus. You know, normally, every year, we have the Arnold Classic, the um, Arnold Sports Festival, all that. And that's a real fun time, you know, do, watching the events, the bodybuilding, getting those free supplements. And, you know, I, I really do like the culture, you know. I guess my only complaint would be how shady some of the supplement companies can be as far as their presentation goes. But, yeah, um, weightlifting, it's, and I think, obviously, it's not an original idea, but I really love using that as part of my character, you know. 
whether I'm trying to be a good guy or a bad guy. I mentioned Columbus, Ohio, of course, which is where the Arnold Classic takes place. You also have experience wrestling for a promotion that is based in Columbus, Indiana, that being Emerge Wrestling. They just had, in the last couple of weeks, their first show back since last October. It's only their second show since the pandemic era has hit. Uh, I know you've been around Emerge. What do you think of Emerge Wrestling as a company? Um, I got to say, man, my first time there, and I felt I definitely want to come back. You know, I really, really love the environment, the locker room, the fans. I I was so surprised, you know, because they had said that, like, there was some limited tickets. Like, it wasn't going to be, like, like a full-on event. And I come out that curtain, and there had to be at least three, four hundred people, at least, you know, based on the top of my head. It was a packed house, drew well. And I'm thinking, man, I would love to see what this place is like without restrictions. But, yeah, you know, Donnie Idol, the promoters, all those guys were really accepting, welcoming, you know, gave me the opportunity. Um, all the guys in the back were really great. It was just I, – I had a really fun time that time with Emerge. And, spoiler alert, I will be back with Emerge at some point. They haven't really announced this show as far as the future goes, but you'll probably you'll definitely be seeing me there again. It's – I would definitely put them high on the priority list as far as promotions go. Emerge, it's doing great. I'm sure Donnie Idol and Rookie Ruckus are glad to hear that. Yep. At this point in time, my co-host QT Vokes is standing by, and I'm sure that he has questions galore for you, so I'm going to pass things over to him. Okay. Well, thank you, Sign Guy. Hello, Mr. MacArthur. How's it going, man? Well, Mr. MacArthur, you were just talking with Sign Guy about weightlifting. Were you a big fan of uh, Sergio Olivier, the Cuban bodybuilder who was nicknamed the Myth and whom beat Arnold Schwarzenegger for the uh, Mr. Olympia title in 1969? Uh, I, I got to be honest with you, man. I'm I'm not too familiar, you know. I, I guess I'm more of a fan of the uh, of the uh, powerlifters per se. The, the bodybuilding is cool too, but yeah, as far as all the way back there, not 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 too familiar. But yeah, I, I appreciate some of that stuff. Oh, okay. You might want to look up on YouTube uh, a documentary about Sergio Sergio Olivier, the myth. You'd be very surprised. Yeah, I yes. definitely have to check that out. His lats were much bigger than Arnold's, and he had just as good as leg development, but he had a 32-inch waist, much smaller <laughs> than Schwarzenegger's. That's That's got to be nice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, now, I myself uh, heard a documentary on him and also went on YouTube, and I found out that before, uh, when he first got to Chicago, after seeking political asylum in the U.S., he worked at a foundry, a metal foundry in Chicago, and it was very hot, and he drank two gallons of water a day or more. My question is, how much water do you, do you drink as an avid weightlifter? <laughs> That's, that might be the first time I've ever been asked that on the podcast. All righty. Um, um, you know, I, I try to, you know, stay hydrated, you know, no one wants, you know, obviously when you're hydrated, you feel good. You can do things like I wrestled like yesterday I wrestled at flop house and it was hot as hell outside. If I wasn't hydrated for that, I probably would have passed out. But I guess as someone who will this way, I, I try to, uh, I don't over drink or nothing like that. I just drink the standard amount. And I'm, I'm hoping don't die. Miles is listening because I'm hoping I'm doing him proud by announcing that I do drink my water. But, yeah, yeah, it's very basic water drinking, I guess you could say. <laughs> Not two gallons a day. That's insane. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Mr. MacArthur, I belong to a weather club in Marysville, Washington, where okay. myself and a baseball card shop owner and several local wrestlers discuss weather events. For the record, 
can we have how hot it was at that wrestling match that you wrestled yesterday and where it was located? Okay, so it wasn't like blazing hot, but it was it had humidity. It was I think it was about eighty five to eighty eight, and there was definitely a lot of humidity. The sun was shining. I got a little lucky because the overcast ended up coming up right as my match showed up, so I I kind of lucked out. But yeah, you know the outdoor shows being hot and muggy. That's that's what we were dealing with. Uh, thankfully, we did have a locker room that was in a house with with some air conditioning. But yeah, that's kind of what we were dealing with at Flophouse yesterday. Ah, Flophouse. Okay, I'm. I will report this to the Weather Club when we next meet in Marysville, Washington. Very very interesting. Okay. Okay. Your temperature. Okay. Well, Arthur. I saw a YouTube video of you in action against uh, Apollo Star, and uh-huh. it took place in a heavily wooded paneled, a wooded panel, wood paneled venue with a wooden stairwell leading to a balcony that had a w- black and white banner that said Paradise. <laughs> Can you tell our listeners of the QT and Sign Guy Turnbuckle Show where this was at? Okay, so this was also for Flophouse. This was a, this was a kind of like consider it like a, a weekly TV show type of deal. It's Flophouse Private Stash, and this was in the midst of restrictions and COVID. Uh, this this is where we were filming, like kind of like the studio. The wrestlers were around, acting as the audience type of deal. This was in like Greensville, Indiana, I believe, close to Indianapolis. Uh, that iron that sign paradise is an iron paradise sign it's the rocks brand um actually justin kyle i'm sure you've heard of him that's actually like i think his summer home or whatever he rents that building out he has a ring in there he trains lifts weights and stuff that that um little venue was is like a training center for justin kyle and some locals but yeah that's that's where we were at oh okay so it uh all right uh, it looked like a, a venue uh, of a guest that we had on a month ago. Uh, it was, this match that of our guest a month ago was in Texas at a fire department building, which ironically enough had a wooden set of stairs. Have you yourself wrestled, and, and, it, and it took place in a fire department building? My question is, have you yourself wrestled or had an incident with a fireman who was a wrestler and perhaps had a saying on his wrestling singlet that said, I will fan the flames of romance with your wife after I pin you? <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's, that's a lot to take in. Uh, for the first portion, no, I, I have never wrestled a firefighter or any typical character like that i've i've seen him before not really up in this area i guess uh, i saw one in like pittsburgh once but uh i gotta look more into this guy that that's that's quite that's quite a phrase to have on your singlet <laughs> uh, yeah i don't really know what else to add to that <laughs> okay well mr MacArthur, you went over your outfit and uh wrestling gear with sign guy in your match with Apollo Star, you were wearing an outfit that may have reminded some people of the Flintstones character Bam Bam, the world's yeah. strongest baby. Oh, now, yeah. Hanna-Barbera ruled the 1960s animated cartoon world with such classics as the Flintstones, Scooby-Doo, and the Jetsons. My question is, Hanna-Barbera Barbera Productions might be long gone, but have you yourself contacted Trey Parker and Matt Stone of South Park and see if they needed a Arthur MacArthur South Park figure? <laughs> oh, these are man, these are things I never thought of, man. You're, you're just, well, uh, I gotta say, uh, that's ne- that's never really crossed my mind, but. You know that that could be an idea. You know, just a South Park figure for Arthur MacArthur. Yeah, I'd have to see what that looks like. You know, I'm a big fan of South Park. You know, I watch it. You know, this past couple of specials have been great. 
But, yeah, maybe I'd have to consider doing that. Did have a wrestling match on South Park. Who would you like to wrestle most? Kenny, Cartman, Stan Marsh, or my favorite, Randy Marsh? Hmm. That's, that's a good question, actually. There's all sorts. You know, you know I think you know, wrestling Kenny might be the best because he's died the most out of all, everyone on that cast, so he might be an easy win, but... Randy Marsh is easily one of the, probably one of my favorite characters on the show, and he's wild, eccentric, and that could definitely be, you know, something. And Cartman would just have to be the ultimate heel. And it's, yeah, man, these are questions I never even think of. These are, yeah, I'd, I'd go with what I said there. Okay, all right. Did you yourself see the groundbreaking and controversial uh, 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 South Park episode? Where, where a Randy, macho man-like uh, voice lent himself to the episode Go Strong Woman, where he competed in female games. Did you see that episode? I actually didn't see that one, but I do remember it. I do remember there was a lot of controversy surrounding it, and South Park loves to push the envelope as far as edgy content. I'm all about it. But, yeah, that's, I'd, I'd definitely have to go back and watch that one. Oh, okay. I, re- I very much recommend Go Strong Woman with a Randy Macho Man Savage-like character. Okay. <laughs> very good. Very good. You've got a very good homework assignment there. Okay. Well, Arthur, if you were in this animated cartoon wrestling match on South Park, would you demand that the assistant to third-grade teacher Mr. Garrison, the man we know as Mr. Slave, be ring announcer. Ooh. <laughs> I uh, I don't know, man. I of all the people to announce on that show, I Mr. Slave though, I don't know. I I don't think he'd be my first choice to announce the match. I I definitely just want Mr. Garrison of anybody or have okay. the, the princess. Yeah. All right, I'm going to put down Mr. Garrison as ring announcer. Very good. Okay. Well, Mr. MacArthur, if you freeze the video of your wrestling match that I watched with Apollo Star at the 1 minute and 31 second mark, you can see what appears to be a scary clown tattoo or perhaps a joker tattoo on your right (laughs) shoulder. It looks like the Stephen King character, It. Can you tell our listeners what this tattoo is about? So, yeah, that tattoo, that is the Joker. Uh, if you look a little bit to the side of it, there is a Batman, a little uh, shadowy Batman thing. So originally my plan was to have like a that arm be a sleeve for DC characters. So I've, I've been wanting guys like the Riddler, Deathstroke, and all these other guys. And I just never really followed through, to be honest. And now I'm kind of stuck with the tattoos. I'm just, I guess I'm not as big into tattoos as I used to be. But, yeah, uh, that's the Joker there. Um, it's hard to kind of play it off sometimes, you know, with the character I present, but it is what it is. It's there. Um, I, I like it, so, yeah. Oh, okay. All right, very good. Okay. Well, Mr. MacArthur, at the 7-10 mark of the match, 7-minute, 10-second mark on match, to the 7-16 mark of the match, for whatever reason, the crowd went mostly silent. Even the commentators mentioned that the crowd was stunned into silence. My question is, have you ever been in a match where it suddenly grew silent so much so that the loudest thing you briefly heard was the pop, pop of the opening of a soft drink can? (laughs) Um, I've I, I do remember there was silence in that match. Well, do, do you remember what happened? Did I do a move to the guy? Because I think. What did I think? Okay, so yeah, uh, in at that moment, I think I was running some good heat on him, and and that was kind of the goal was to because you, you hear in the commentary that I'm trying to kill the crowd for Apollo because he gets that's what gets him his energy per se, and I was trying to you know take that away from him in the story of that match. But yeah, as far as you know, silence goes. There, there have been times where a crowd is really tough to work, and they're just 
not giving you anything, and you got you got to find a way to make it happen. Now, um, not to booster my own ego, but the, the, yesterday there was a there was some matches where the crowd just didn't seem interested, and I realized they're not really playing to these guys. I need to you know wake them up a little bit. So I go out there and do my shtick. I pick a few people out and just taunt them, and and lo and behold, they're just going after me. So yeah, you know, silence. It happens, but you just got to find a way to stop it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, speaking of silence, have you yourself used Simon and Garfunkel's song, Sounds of Silence, as your entrance music? <laughs> no, I, I definitely have not, man. But uh, it's, oh, okay. it's, it's a banger. Well, Mr. MacArthur, at the 9 minute and 38 second mark of the match, you applied a claw hold to Apollo Star's forehead. You even used this grip on his forehead to use it like a fulcrum in physics to lift a heavy object. My question Mm -hmm. is, were you a big fan of the great Kali and his claw hold? Uh, I'm, I do remember the uh, the great Kali and his good old claw. You know, um, I guess I, I, I guess I was a fan. You know, it was that presentation. He's trying to pay homage to some of the old school wrestlers who had used the iron claw, like you know, like Baron von Raschke or von Erich. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a very hard move to utilize in wrestling nowadays because it is a little bit hokey, but if you can make it work. So, yeah, um, I guess I was a fan of Greg Kali, per se. I know a lot of people aren't a big fan of him, basically because of his wrestling ability, but, you know, he's a, he's a large man. He's doing the best he can. He did the role fine, and I'm glad he's in the Hall of Fame. I don't, I don't, I don't you know, care what other people think. Are you yourself, do you, do you yourself have a variation of the Greg Kali kiss cam? Mm. <laughs> no, I, you know, man, I, I'm be honest. I don't think that would fly nowadays. Uh, you know, with with the culture we have now, a kiss cam might not, you know, flow so well. And I just don't think that would apply for me very well. Uh, yeah, so no, no, Kali, no, MacArthur kiss cam for me, not for now. Yes, I agree with your assessment. Today it would be more like a handshake cam. Yes. Yeah. Handshake. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. All right. Well, Mr. MacArthur, at the 10-minute and 4-second mark of the match, you left the ring, went over to a ring post, reached down, and grabbed a barbell. I'm going to say this barbell weight was probably 25, maybe 30 pounds, but you tried to hit Apollo with it, and he ducked out of the way at precisely the 10-minute and 46-second mark of the match, and you Uh ran into the turnbuckles. The weight then hit you in the face. This blow to the face proved to be a pivotal moment leading to your loss. My question is, did you see the famous Seinfeld episode where Kenny Banya, who is a comedian who follows Jerry Seinfeld, and even had lunch at the restaurant Mindy's with Jerry, explain oh, yeah. to Jerry that he takes a 15-pound barbell and does a set of 15 curls with one arm, and then does a 15 then does 15 curls with the other, and he does this six times every day. And Jerry gave him an incredulous look and said, "Why?" And Kenny doesn't have an answer. Have you seen that episode? <laughs> Oh, I, I've seen about every episode of Seinfeld, man. It's that's my favorite, and I do remember that. That's that's great. Oh, okay. Well, for some reason, when you picked up that barbell and tried to hit Apollo Star with it, I was immediately reminded of that Kenny Banya Jerry Seinfeld weightlifting discussion. I don't know why. That's great. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you like Newman? That's what I'm trying to get at. Newman, the character on Seinfeld. Oh, Newman was Newman was great for the show. He really, really loved that like anti-hero, you know, guy. You know, nemesis to Jerry. You know, he was always had some really funny moments. You know, 
I was just actually I, the other day I was rewatching that episode where they had the Merv Griffin set on and you have Newman there and he's just playing devil's advocate, you know, or or the one episode where you're getting Kramer that uh, Kenny Rogers chicken and it, Newman was just a fine ass at this show. He he was definitely one of the best side characters by far. Yes, Newman was a big fan of Jambalaya from the Soup Nazi. I love Jambalaya. Big fan of Jambalaya. Yes. Oh, yeah. Which brings to mind the question, how would would you yourself, being a wrestler and having all that experience in the ring, how would you have done ordering soup from the Soup Nazi? (laughs) That's great. Well, I'd like to open this by saying I've actually met the Soup Nazi, the actor who played him. He actually came into a couple bars at Parm, where I live, Parma, Ohio, and did a couple signings. He's, he was a cool dude. He, it was really funny meeting the guy. Um, as far as me ordering the soup, I guess I'd be a little more assertive. You know, everyone's going there being treated like crap. You know, was, I guess it didn't work so well for George. He, he was supposed to get free bread, and all of a sudden now he has to pay $3, and then he gets kicked out for, for life. Or, no, it was like a year or whatever. I, I can't I, – that soup must have been really damn good. But <laughs> yes, I guess I'd have to, you know, stand tall against the soup Nazi and just, you know, you can't let a guy fool you around like that. What if uh, the soup Nazi were somehow be able to teleport himself or time travel to the WWE? How do you think he would have done in a match against Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak <laughs> kid? <laughs> oh, man, this. God, these are these these are the questions, man. Uh, Shawn Michaels versus the Soup Nazi. Uh, yes. Well, I know for one, Shawn Michaels definitely would have gave him a nice sweet chin music, you know, for the way he's talking to him. You know, if that man gets is entitled to some free bread with his with his soup. You, you better give it to him. Uh, definitely would probably politic him out of the of the business for sure. You know, probably not one with the boys if he's just, you know, ribbing everyone about soup. So I, 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 would, I would definitely imagine Shawn Michaels is going to give him one or two. Okay. All right. Do you yourself believe that the soup Nazi could have broken the master lock by Chris Masters? Could he have done better than Val Venus? <laughs> oh, man. You know, the soup Nazi, that's a character right there that's just so full of hate. Soulful bitterness, his passion for making soup and chowders and jambalaya. You know, I feel like there's there's something inside of him that just needs to you know break free. You know, I think I think for the record that the soup Nazi could be put in the master lock and he would break it. You know, that would be his snapping point. You know, all these people coming into his restaurant, you know, making him upset. He's taking it out on Chris Masters for sure. Wow. All right. Okay. Okay. Very good. All right. I'm going to um, uh, tell your opinion or that the soup Nazi could break uh, the master lock challenge at our weather, next weather club meeting. Okay. Very good. Okay. All right. Well, Mr. MacArthur, you told sign guy that you turned out for wrestling in high school. Did you wrestle as a freshman? I did. I wrestled as a, I, so as far as high school wrestling goes, I did uh, freshman year, sophomore year. I, I left midway sophomore year. I, I lost my passion for it a little bit. Sat out junior year. I, I came back senior year to wrestle just to have one last hurrah with the school. But, yeah, that's yeah, I did wrestle freshman year for sure. All right. I'm going to guess that you wrestled at the 175-pound weight class as a senior. Am I correct? Um, close. Uh, 195. 195. Okay. All right. Can you tell our Turnbuckle Turmoil listeners what the mascot of your high school was? Uh, it was – I was part of Normandy, the Invaders. Actually, uh, the the Miz, Mike Mizanin, is, a, is also an alumni. We have his picture hanging up in the uh, trophy room with his belt. And he actually came by uh, a couple of years ago for Miz Day. But yeah. I'm wow, that's that. huge. Yeah, I'm trying to be the second invader to make it up sometime, you know, but we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, um, 
what was I? Well, yeah, it's the Normandy Invaders. The it's n- it's not what you think. It's not like uh, the the D Day World War II type soldier. Although the mascot logo does have a tank in one of them, it's based off the Norman invasion of England, and it's like a knight per se. But yeah, we we are we were the invaders. Oh, okay, kind of like a Saxon type thing, Saxon Absolutely. Viking. Okay, all right. What were your school colors? Oh, well, it it varied depending on the year. Uh, we it, I think our primary colors were orange and white. Uh, we threw in black in there for some uniforms, orange, black, and white. Really love that combination, and I still appreciate it to this day. Definitely wouldn't want some basic blue and white or something. I love the separation with the orange. Yeah, orange and white. Okay, all right. Well, Arthur MacArthur, it's been very good talking with you. I do look forward to you going to um, YouTube and looking up Go Strong Woman with a character that has the Randy Macho Man uh, voice and and transition to a woman uh, when he decided and and, and entered those uh, games. And uh, at this time, I'm going to turn it back over to Sungai. Awesome, man. Thanks thanks for talking to me, man. I appreciate it. Oh, okay. Back to you, Sungai. Thank you, QT. Well, Arthur, we're down to the final few minutes of the show today, and I want to give you ample time. If there's anything you'd like to say to the listeners, plug and promote anything and everything you have, social medias, upcoming shows, merchandise, your favorite bar, anything in the world, floor is all yours. Okay. Well, I guess I'll introduce by saying, you know, if you're this is the first time listening, you know, you might have been thinking I was going to be in character being goofy and talking and stuff, but I wanted to, you know, kind of bring out the real person in me for this, you know. I've done in-character podcasts, and it's it's fun, but I think it's better for you guys to relate to me and, you know, kind of understand, you know, just peel back the curtain a little bit for y'all. Um, if you haven't checked me out, definitely do. You know, I think I'm bringing a new kind of vibe and character to the indie scene. Uh, really, really love getting behind, putting people over, this, that, getting myself over, you know, trying to be the hero that y'all needed when you, grew, when you were young, and just, or the villain that you might have needed, but... As far as where you can follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at StrongMcArthur, and you'll see all my fun times there. Uh, if you want to follow some of my pictures on Instagram, I'm Arthur two underscores two underscores MacArthur, and then uh, on Facebook you can find me. Um, my I have a profile and a page page I don't really pay attention to because the algorithm is so messed up you can never reach anybody. So I just add people on my um, Facebook profile. I only ask that you're not uh, – have some mutuals because I'm not just going to add everybody because I've had times where I've added, like, bot accounts by mistake, and they'll ask about title belts and stuff like that, and it's like I I can't. It's annoying. It's bad. And and if if you're going to add me, you know, if you're going to message me something, just I don't know, man. I'm not going to respond to everybody because if I did, I'd have to respond to a bunch of people. And it, it, I don't want to sound like an egomaniac there, but it's just, it's a lot. I can barely handle my own real life. But, yeah, Drew Smith. I know not Drew Smith. Arthur MacArthur. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, don't add that profile for sure. Um, as far as merchandise goes, I have a pro wrestling uh, store. I got some exclusive designs there. Arthur MacArthur. I got Brain Buster T's account. Arthur MacArthur there. I do have a big cartel. I I don't really mess around too much with that, but I do have my options there in case you want me to mail you something. But, yeah, as far as that, that's pretty much all I got, man. Well, Arthur MacArthur, I want to thank you very, very much for being on the show today. We definitely appreciate you taking the time to be with us, especially since you had a really grueling match yesterday there at Flop House. And I want to wish you the very best in your career. Hopefully we'll get you back on this show in the future. And I enjoy watching you from afar, and I will continue to do so. You're doing absolutely fantastic. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you having me for sure, man. Definitely do this again sometime. Absolutely. Fans, definitely jump on the bandwagon of Arthur MacArthur. You will be one of the earlier ones to do so. He's doing great things in the independent wrestling scene there in the Midwest. So 
If you've not gotten familiar, definitely do so. You'll be seeing him on a bigger stage, I think, at some point. So make sure you continue to follow and support him. We will be back with you next week. Next Friday, we have Scott Diamond of the Kentucky Anna wrestling scene, manager extraordinaire. And then one week from today, we will be joined by famed former ring announcer, the Ding 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 Kid. He will be with us, so make sure you have plans to be with us. Get out there, support your local independent wrestling wherever you have it near you. Be safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.